1: Hello, and welcome to Moments with Fu. I'm your host, James Fu Torres, but you can call me Fu, his name of the podcast. And today I have Michael Perez, also known as Mikey. He is a software engineer, a journalist, and a founder. And I'm going to let him tell you more about that. But first, Mikey, how are you?
2: James, thank you so much for having me on your show. And I know we've tried to coordinate this a few times, so uh, I really appreciate you making this happen.
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, we, you know, we connected uh, a year ago for the first time, and then I don't know, just kind of uh, connected again, uh, yeah. kind of lately. And and it's cool that you know that we we managed to do this, and we both have love a lot more and a lot of things. So it was pretty cool to catch right. up with you. And when I saw the value that you have to offer, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta get you on my podcast. So that's why we're yeah. here. So, um, let's kick it in with a quick
2: introduction about yourself and your company. Yeah, well, first and foremost, I have to say that um, thank you again for having me. But more importantly, what I noticed is I think we have spoken about a year ago, and I was quite amazed to see how much you've grown in a year. So, you know, to turn this on you, I would say congratulations. It's actually quite impressive to see. Uh, And I always knew you had that personality. You were aggressive, you were a hustler, but it's beautiful to see it all come together. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and... Yeah. So in terms of what I do, so uh, I'm a software engineer, first and foremost. I'm a founder, I'm a journalist. And uh, in terms of where I've been focused on more lately is founding news publications. So we have a few startups. We do tech, we do cloud computing, we do software development. And now we're in the news and media industry. So that's been quite an interesting journey. Um, Being immersed in writing is a skill set that I never thought I would have or focus on. And it's been honestly a pleasure uh, you know, there's a certain lack of complacency where you never get too comfortable with your industry, and it brings you to wonderful places.
1: Definitely, I can. You know, that resonates with me. And for me, I I'm not a guy that is likes complacency. Uh, I I am always just testing new things, you know, Mm -hmm. what's out there. I I consider myself a a creator um, and uh, an innovator. I I always look at things like that. I was going into industrial engineering initially. So, you know, we got that in common. Uh, And then, I mean, the engineering part, I guess, right? But um, uh, I love science and math. So I was like, you know, engineering sounds like the right thing. But then the school system really wasn't, like the college, Mm. even though I was getting good grades, I was just not very very happy <laughs> so i was like look i, I want to just have a job and i want to go to 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 work in puerto rico didn't have many options so that's when I, I i went to the states uh with the air force and you know that led me into entrepreneurship after it and uh you know i'm, I'm here now so it's pretty cool that this journey and, and uh you know cool to meet people meet people like you yeah. and people like you so you know tell us, you said that you you're focusing on um on, on building publications, uh, right. and, 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 building, uh, you know, d- digital assets seems like. So, uh, yeah. is, is that your are like, is that what's taking most of your attention right now, or is there more things that are taking your attention right now?
2: Yeah. So just to unpack some of the stuff you've said, cause you've touched on some pretty interesting points. First of all, just to throw a couple of cliches at you, I certainly agree with you. I think complacency is the death of someone and to the other end of that spectrum, I think innovation, uh, I think the future belongs to those who innovate. So I think even if you do find success in your area of expertise, it's important that you never get comfortable, ex- especially in the world of intangibles of zeros and ones and software development and technology. Uh, now, now to get to the other point you mentioned, which was I found very interesting, was the schooling system. And I couldn't agree with you more. The schooling system was inherently designed to reward everything I wasn't. And in fact, that's kind of where my journey began. So I think that might be a good place for me to start. Uh, So I was diagnosed with aggressive learning disabilities, and one of them being ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. There we go. And uh, I had the strongest dose of slow-release Ritalin. I had to take it every single day. I had incredible side effects, heart palpitations, depression, um, you you name it. Uh, I was extremely unproductive. However, there was a beautiful silver lining hiding there waiting to be discovered. And I think that silver lining was, it gave me a frame of reference, right? So it might've had all sorts of horrible effects, but when it worked, it worked perfect, perfectly. And it gave me an idea for me to realize, oh, this is what it's like to focus. So it gave me a marker, it gave me a goal to work towards. And then from there, my mind started working, being like, hey, how can I, how can I be at this capacity all the time? And I'm not at that capacity all the time, and I don't fight the, the, the disability of, of having the inability to focus on a single task. However, I leverage the fact that I, cannot, I, can, I, the, the fact that I have ADHD to my advantage and I've learned how to, how to master the art of multitasking in a way that's effective. And it's this careful art where you don't want to do too much of everything because you ended up doing too much of nothing. And you don't want to stay too focused because it's hard for you to maximize productivity. And there's a very beautiful middle ground there that takes time to discover. Now, in fact, a lot of my weaknesses, just like my learning disabilities that I perceived were something that were inherent. At least I was told by authorities that, you know, I had these I had such and such learning disabilities. In fact, I've, I found a way to leverage them to my to my advantage. For example, I was learning disabled in writing and I was learning disabled in mathematics. So every time the teacher would come into the class when it was time to do math or English, I would have to go to I guess you'd call it the quote unquote the stupid room where you'd have to get private attention. There was a certain sense of humiliation that kind of came with that. At the same time, when I took my riddle in, I had to take it in front of the secretary, and then everyone all the students were walking by. So there's almost like the stigma that came with having ADHD. And in fact, the, the the irony is that in fact, that those were my skill sets. And uh, I ended up getting my, my degree. In, I did a double major. So I did computer science, and I got a degree in mathematics. And in fact, these were the fields that I completely fell in love with, the things that I was told I wasn't good at. And you know, to kind of, kind of, maybe reconcile how this all played out was, what in in, and I and I certainly don't criticize the schooling system because I think it works for many people, um, and it can't work for everyone. Now, the thing about the thing about the schooling system, especially at the very onset when you're in elementary school, is you're rewarded, you're rewarded for complacency, you're rewarded for structure, you're rewarded for organization, and you have very little room for creative thought for the engineering mindset, I would say. And everyone is placed with the same subjects, whether you like it or not, and there you go. And as you kind of traverse through that educational system, you're given more autonomy to focus on what you enjoy. And what I've noticed is, um, I spent what, eight years in college? Uh, And and I found, instead of following the system of going to class and and following all those protocols that you're told, uh, as courses got more and more complex and as classes got more and more advanced, in fact, I kept doing better and better and better. And um, you know, instead of having to go to class, I realized I'm way more effective with my time if I take my colleagues notes and reverse engineer the course. And I learned how to find the right kind of teachers. And the very good teachers were very careful to map their coursework with their exams. And they were also very surgical about how they taught the courses. So they'd give you two similar questions with one slight difference. And then from there, they'd be some nuanced mechanic they're trying to get you to focus on. In fact, looking at my friend's notes, allowed me to push away all the noise that comes with being in a classroom setting and just focus on what's important. And as the courses got more and more advanced, you had teachers who were doing graduate level. You know, we're doing a, you know, we're doing uh, um, you know, differential equations, partial differential equations, whatever it may be. The, the teachers cared less about whether you come to class. They cared less about all that etiquette, and they cared whether you did the material or not. And in fact, all you needed was a syllabus. And I became a master at reverse engineering courses or learning without a teacher. And you know to look back in fact the schooling system wasn't designed for me but I still kind of wanted to go through it and although I, I agree with you James that many people don't belong in the schooling system, I somehow somehow found a way to get through it. Um, but I definitely agree with you that if people have the hustle like you have they have the drive they have the determination and they're not look they're not looking to like just party all the time I don't think school is for everyone I certainly don't now moving on to my question about the publica- about what I do now um so I, I we still what I try to do, is I have this kind of 80-20 mode where I oscillate 20 between building internal infrastructure and then 80% doing R&D. I'll flip that, 80% R&D, 20% managing my current infrastructure. So it's it, this comes back to the conversation we had about not being too complacent. I'll get myself immersed in a specific industry. I'll give myself a timeframe, three to six months, where I'll try to become a master of the service. And every service we offer in our companies is, are services that I can do at the very le- same level that I'm delegating or greater, and that's and that's crucial for allowing me to operate as an effective leader. So I'll spend time where 80 percent of the time I'll go in hardcore research mode, kind of packing Red Bulls, kind of girl beard, live in a cave, which is my 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 house, my room, and I would just focus on a set of skills that are slightly out of my area of comfort. Once I get a sense of mastery, then I'd go ahead and kind of add it to our arsenal of services, but 20% of the time, I still need to kind of keep afloat what we're doing now. So I have this 80-20 where I'm constantly oscillating. Now, we're currently in the in the publication space, and we're leveraging all sorts of skills before us, understanding how SEO works, understanding how journalism works to kind of build a healthy publication. So right now, we're focused on four publications, Paris Daily, Breaking 9 to 5, Israel Now News. And our most important focus right now is Her Forward magazine, where we cover female success stories in an attempt to bridge the gap. The coverage gap between female entrepreneurs, male entrepreneurs, or minority entrepreneurs, and just regular entrepreneurs, because there clearly is shown in the media and in statistics that there is a gap of representation. And I think talent does not discriminate by any of those factors.
1: Yeah, I I, I completely agree. You have so many good points, uh, and you know, uh, and to your point of of the schooling system, I had a good grades. It wasn't like I couldn't figure out how to get good grades. I was just not feeling like i needed to get out of my house like i just needed to get out of puerto rico basically i was just like look i'm just i the economy here is pretty bad i can't find a job that that i like i'm studying and i'm like i was just i'm out like i'm out and i just want to go to work and that's why i did it but i could have finished it right Mm -hmm. i mean i still can if i wanted to but i just don't want to i don't see the roi in it as much as i can do in my business i'm learning so much, way like more. That, there I learned yeah. I mean, I see it. Amount. After
2: one year, you're like a completely different person. I met you when you were kind of just beginning your journey in, in some capacity, and then I, you know, you touch base with me again, and I'm looking, I'm like, whoa, this guy is just he's killing it. So, I, I, yeah, and I, and exactly, and but here's the thing, James. Not everyone's like you. So some people need that pressure. It really comes down to your personality, and it comes down to your inner gut. That's the very truth. You know, you can. People follow protocols. They're not always the best for them. And I can give you an example. And I say this all the time. Take the bus on a Monday morning at 6 a.m. and you'll see that so many people don't do the work they love. And it takes a certain sense of grit to start at the very onset and not make a lot of money and give up a lot of the enticing benefits or the facade of, of comfort that comes with working at a, at a nine to five job. You will to be willing to give up that time for some significant period of time until you actually see ROI return on your investment by doing your own pursuits. And that takes an entrepreneurial spirit, which I'm happy to expand on. Um, And uh, exactly. And the people, you know, and and I do say this, this kind of breaking nine to five mode where you take control of your own, build your own company or become a freelancer, um, it's not necessarily better than finding a super stable job at Google or Facebook. It really comes down to what the individual is looking for. I don't sell everyone on breaking nine to five. I truly, truly don't. However, someone like yourself wakes up every morning and doesn't feel a sense of fulfillment kind of going through the standard system. Um, it's not your choice. It's not, you can't control how those synapses fire in your brain. And there's no reason why every morning you wake up, James, and you're like, yeah, man, I'm going to continue killing this. I'm going to continue building my own empire and being like, hey, no, fuck it. I just want to go get a nice nine to five job. I want to be that guy that you message him on a Friday afternoon and he goes, oh, I don't have my company email. I'll message you Monday. I'll respond Monday. They've got that clear cut. They come home at five. They kick it back. They got their wine. They enjoy the game. Um, for that, people are finding that happy. And it ultimately comes down to what's in your gut and what makes you happy. So the fact that school wasn't just for you, it doesn't it doesn't say anything good or bad, you know. And the, the real question is is now that you're not in school, what are you making of your time?
1: Yeah, um, I'm making it a lot of learning, a lot of action. Uh, a, a lot of uh, connection to people, a lot of amplifying mm-hmm. the impact of people that are doing good mm-hmm. in the world. That's what I, I picked uh, PR because it was it, it was right. I I knew that I needed to find like when I started my journey um I knew that I just needed a vehicle to to push like it doesn't matter what it was. like it's something that I can just get behind on fits my lifestyle. And I believe in it. And then I'll just, you know, go all in on it. There's infinite ways to make money in this world. Just pick one that fits your lifestyle and just go all in. That's
0: it.
2: Exactly. And that's, and I think you see something that many people don't. And it's a trap that people fall into. They graduate college and they look at, what is the economy paying me best? That's kind of what I want to pursue. I think you've done something different. And I think you've avoided a pitfall that many people, unfortunately, don't pick up on, is that you first focus on building a network. You first focus on doing what you love. And then as a byproduct of that, as an inevitable byproduct of doing a stellar service, money follows. But it's, very, it's harder to do it the opposite way, to find a job that pays really well and fall in love with the pursuit. It's much easier to do what you love, find a way to be creatively unique, expand on that uniqueness factor, and then you offer something that's harder for others to compete with. And you don't look at it as a job. You truly enjoy what you do. And I think that's why you have a podcast and it's why you're in PR, because I think you understand the value of networking. And um, now to speak to your audience for just a moment here, you know, we're talking about breaking nine to five. So we we were talking initially about, you know, starting your own company, being an entrepreneur, being a founder. Many people would say, hey, Mike, you know, I'm glad you're talking about it, but that's all, you know, in the ether. It's easier said than done, right? I currently am paycheck to paycheck. I have $2,000 rent, right? I can't just go and start my own company, right? I have a family to support. And I agree with people who say that. And, you know, one of the things I talk about is the survival cost problem. And that is literally what stands between you and your future. Your survival costs and all, and often, especially when you work in the high-tech industry, you have something called an inflated survival cost. Give you an example. You graduate and you get a job in Silicon Valley. You move to San Francisco. You're paying rent, $3,000, $3,000 a month. Food costs you $100 every day. Okay. Now, you now are stuck in your job because you have to keep this survival cost that truly can be significantly lower, but you've artificially brought it up by living in a place that is needlessly expensive. Now, the real question is, is not how do you become successful or how do you start your own company? I find that almost a a, a truly just insignificant question. The real question people need to ask themselves is what are they willing to give up to get it? Because we all want to be successful. That's a non sequitur. That's a non-starter, right? Well, the real question is, are you willing to give up your 12 hours of sleep? Are you willing to give out your party of the weekends? Are you willing to give up your beautiful apartment that makes you look really good to your guy friends, to girls, to all that stuff? Are you willing to move back into your parents' home for six months so you can move your costs from $3,000 down to $100 a month? And this way, you have all you have a tremendous amount of upward mobility, freedom of navigation to actually pursue something which takes you six, nine months to hone the right skills. And not only can you, and so, so, so the real question, the first step you want to say is here is what do I, what is crucial? What is essential to my survival? And what can I, what am I willing to give up? And in fact, if you're willing to move back to your parents, you've got your hot cooked food, you don't need restaurant, you don't need rent. And already there, you can how and you can start collecting savings. You can get yourself a good $10,000 in, savi- in, in savings, and you can give yourself a buffer nine months. And here is the interesting part. The other end of that is you want to invest in skill sets that are both malleable and don't tie you don't don't have a constraint of place. And I personally think doing stuff that's intangible, the zeros and ones, software development, writing, graphic design, uh, just web design, PR, whatever it may be. These are the sales. kind of skill sets. I would say sales, sales is a good, right? good way. Even like doing Amazon sales, sure, you know you have physical items, but the more you can detach yourself from anything physical, the more you can offer intellectual value. That, that
1: was my my of thought to come in into an agency because uh, I was like, I don't want to have inventory. That was my fr- look. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I was just I I, I started. Thinking about doing a brand, and that's when like that was born and all that. And then uh from there, I was like, you know what, I don't want to have inventory. I want to have that's services. And that's, you know, I completely
2: agree with you. Spot on. I went, I went that route. Yeah. And, and and the problem is is that bureaucracy has kind of held us in a prison where 30, 40 years ago, the way it worked is you would look at the economy, you'd find a job, you see, okay, so spain, the software yeah. engineers pay this paying job, and then you invest three years and develop a skill set and you hone into something specific. However, you know we are high along the curve of that Moore's law, that exponential rate of growth from technology, and I think that predictive power to see what specific tools for what specific application is becoming less and less meaningful. We're moving at such a fast pace; it's almost chaotic, and our ability to predict even in the next two three years is becoming you know more of an issue. So I think investing skills that are diversified. So for example, learning how to code, you can apply yourself to gaming, you can apply yourself to the finance industry, you can apply yourself to web development, to app development. You have so many. Apps applications. And then you have disruptors like COVID, but that are a great stress test to see how quickly you can innovate and how quickly you can adapt to a very, uh, to an ever-changing environment. And I I think those are the people that want to, those are the kind of skills you want to invest skills that you can't touch, that are highly malleable and have many applications. So this way you can develop a career portfolio and you can have so much Freedom of navigation when you have that non-complacency factor, where you're never getting too comfortable in your services. So, for example, for me, I started as a nerd coding in my basement. I had no idea of web design, no nothing. I was just able to, to do code, Java-based systems, right? And I inched outwards, and I realized I'm hiring designers, and, and at some point, I realized like I'm kind of telling them what to do, and I'm like, that's kind of weird. Usually, there's like this inverse relationship. The better of a coder you are, the worse of a designer. And I'm like, hey, why don't I just become a better designer? And then I started designing in CSS, which is more like just vector-based and, and whatnot. Um, um, and then I realized, you know, it's, it's not entirely vector-based, but, but doing CSS allowed me to remove Photoshop and other stuff from the equation. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually a pretty good designer, right? And then I'm like, oh, hey, why don't I just have a team of people and learn how to use my unique skill sets where it's truly needed instead of doing more of the grunt work? Why don't I leverage where I'm unique, my uniqueness factor, and do more? And then before I know it, I have a web development company. And then I go, hey, I'm sending people away for marketing, for SEO, and for hosting. Hey, why don't I make my next 80 80 R&D mode when I kind of oscillate into R&D mode? Why don't I kind of expand? And learn how data communication works, learn how SEO works, and then learn how you know, digital marketing works. And then I'm tacking on these services. And before I know it, I'm in a completely radically different industry. So yeah, just to circle back here, um, you know, if, if when you do discover what you love, and you know, and it can be something as something as, as as non-economically friendly as being an artist or even being a painter. Let me give you an example here. Right. People say, OK, Mikey, that's great. I love painting. And I know for a fact I don't make any money painting whatsoever. Right. But you can leverage those abstract mechanics and find a way to become very good. So you can become a graphic designer, use your uniqueness factor, become a graphic designer and sustain your painting lifestyle. And then you can you can grow in both capacities at the same time. And this way, when you do have enough financial stability, you can actually find a way to make money doing painting. Right. So, you know, it comes down to truly finding what you love and 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 deploying those skills in a more abstract manner.
1: Yeah. And when you when you focus also, I would say focus on building a personal brand. That's super important, because when you when you build a personal brand and you build influence because you are adding value uh, in a very, like organized way, let's say, right? Like when you have mm-hmm. your detailed assets correctly and people can understand what you're doing rather than just random things around the internet, you start becoming more influential. You start growing a Correct. community if you're smart with it, right? Like you, you build a community and then after that, you become a funnel of opportunities. And right. now you can do whatever because you're a funnel of opportunities. That is the goal yeah. uh, for me. That is the goal that I have for my clients too, to help them like first, like, have them start a fire, right? Like you have a fire started, you have something good that the market wants, regardless of what it is. Um and yeah. then from there it'll now push them into into going National, like going, uh, starting a movement, right? That What we do with PR now is not just press moments of, hey, just get one thing here, one thing there, and that's it. It's more of very, everything that we do to support the movement, to support the brand going national. So that way you become a funnel of opportunities. That's the ideal scenario because now you can do whatever you want because it's, you're a funnel of opportunities. Everybody funnels through you. That's why it's very good to, have you know one skill that you're really good at just pick something and then use it as your branding and then now you can even trade value with people are you're right. a graphic designer go to a PR agency like me and offer like graphic design for uh for like proposals for uh like YouTube channels for you know there's so many. I use it for like Facebook banners LinkedIn banners all these different things and they're Like, if you add value to me, then I'll add value back to you. And then from there, you open doors and blah, 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 and you keep growing. That's exactly exactly. what I've been doing.
2: You you never want to focus too far ahead. You're 100% right. And I actually really agree with what you said. And to add to one point there, um, I I think people generally are inspired by other people, not necessarily, you know, brands and companies. So you can, but you have a lot more... You have a lot more, even as a PR agent, I imagine, you have a lot more freedom of navigation when you help represent an individual. Um, and 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 again, it's all about setting up that crucial groundwork right. Because once the foundation is there, you're building a castle on a good foundation rather than building a castle on a mudslide. And people have real brand identity crises, they've got like their personal website, but they have all their company links and their social media. And Google is so confused of who it's indexing, what it is. And I think getting the groundwork right from the start is very, very important. And <clears throat> Building also, building a building your brand when your company around yourself um, is way better because you might have multiple endeavors and multiple startups, and not all will, some will fail, some will grow tremendously. It's impossible to actually predict where it's going to go. And if you invest all your branding on your specific company, you kind of lose that if the company doesn't take off or you have a different vision. But if you build a brand on yourself, and someone who does the really good job of that, and he's revolutionized the real estate industry, for example, because real estate is a great example. You know, when people post on their social media, just sold a house. Um, it's very low user value. No one really cares if you sold a house and it's just like, it's just almost spam. And the likelihood of someone following that account is quite low. However, someone like Ryan Serhant, he was actually one of the first people I've met in my industry and he's got a TV show called Million Dollar Listing. He's completely revolutionized how people perceive real estate agents where he started giving real estate tips. He made a TV show around himself, sell it like Serhant. He came up with all these different products um, to market himself. And, and now people are inspired by him And in turn, he does tremendous success in real estate by leveraging his own brand, his own personal brand. And I think that's an example of someone who does it right. So 100% 100 right, James, I think people who invest in themselves, whether it's PR, digital marketing, whatever it is, is planting the seed for long-term success. And and, and I think it's a multi-pronged approach, right? SEO, marketing, and PR, they all have different use cases. Someone who's looking to get a ton of traffic on their site, I wouldn't say PR is the way to go. If someone is trying to build up their own reputation and leverage long-term success and create and increase the success rate of their current marketing traffic, like putting as featured on and, you know, developing their own brand, I think PR is tremendously powerful. And people who only focus on one, I think, lose out.
1: I, I completely agree. That's why. Um, we, we we look at things now as uh completely revenue operations, not just like PR or marketing or SEO, right? We don't look at things individually. Uh we make sure that we that people are, are aligned on everything so that way we can then Pour fuel to the fire and take off because if you're missing something, if you're missing the sales alignment, or missing the creative brand positioning, or or missing right. the the strategic marketing, like one, you only it only takes get, getting one missing and you're, then you're only as good as, as your weakest leak. component. Yeah, yeah exactly so that's exactly my point so that's why uh for me it, it's uh, where i like to to live in is in the the creative branding positioning and in the in the strategic marketing like the sales alignment and 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 to create a a new offer that will resonate and and everything i love creating but the the having to go to the test phase and not knowing and then being able to then get to the point that then you start a movement with it right i are like i like to start a movement, right? Like I like to start movement. That's my thing. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Like I want to look for it. people that already have something because it, I will get to that point that as because I'm getting coaching and I'm learning how to then Strengthen my 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 ability to help on that area of developing something from nothing. But I'm still look. I haven't even been in business for three years, right? I'm still learning my own business, right? And I figured and that's out how you way. should
2: always think. Even in twenty years from now, you should still have that education cap on, where you have that pressure to always learn. And again, I love that because you know it's that lack of complacency. You always want to be the smallest person in the room. You really do. And I, you know, normally you I know am. people who make. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when people make it to like, you know, the like the, the best boxers, MMA fighters, their biggest failure, I think where they do their worst is when they're at the very top because they no longer have someone to climb up. They no longer have a contender that they need to work super hard and really hone and master whatever it is, skill they're working on. And I, I think that we never want to feel like we're too accomplished. We always want to feel hungry and feel like, hey, the second you're like relaxing, someone else is hustling harder than you.
1: Mm-hmm. Even even. You know, even when I think about retirement, let's say, right? Like when I think about that, um, I think about, Oops, right. I, I think about, uh, I just when I say retired, I mean like, look, I'm not actively working as a CEO right. or something, but I will always uh, be my own my own person that is it's doing good for the world, and that means right. in a many different ways. Like I'm,
2: you're, very and you're probably. And you're you're probably never going to actually retire if you want my Yeah, when I even say, when you yeah, retire, when I say you're still going to like do yeah. something on the side because I, yeah, still, I mean people yeah. like because people like you are not retiring or being on vacation or running away from anything, right? The whole idea for vacation for me is ridiculous. Why would I want to go on vacation? I I need to do more of this, right? So there's nothing for me to run away from. I understand we need to relax sometimes. I get it. I'm a little hardcore for the average person, but but at the same time, at the same time, too much vacation is highly depressing for me. For me, it's not like um,
1: when I look at vacation. when I think about vacation when it comes to mind is what place of the world can I go to have fun and do business at the same time? That's how I think yeah. about it. Because so there's do so it right many places. Right? What
2: the heck, man? Go do it right now. Right? No, you don't need to wait till you retire. Uh, Just, no, 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 yeah. no,
1: no. no I, I was saying that you know when I think about vacation, period, right? Like not like retirement. Oh, okay, when okay. I think about vacation. Yeah, you go on a
2: cruise. You I on a just, cruise like, I'm a cruise. always,
1: look, one of the best times that I've ever had, like one of the best times I had in my life, I went to a mastermind in uh, in uh, Miami uh, and oh. I, I, I I met all these people making all this money and I'm like young people making a million a month or 300 plus a thousand a month. And I'm like, it's crazy. all huh? these people, I saw them, I'm like. There's nothing that they have that I don't like, I, I, you know, like there's nothing that they, they, they are capable of doing that I not that capable you can't of doing. do it. Exactly. Right. That's and a winner's mindset. Yeah, yeah. Like, and know, I, I saw that and I was like. I can do this. Like I can do this, and, and and since then, you know, it kick off some some great like a big spirit on like just you know keep pushing, keep pushing, yeah. and 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 that's you know how how I I've, I've kept pushing because of that. It's just the perspective of being in those rooms and and learning a lot from them because we were learning. So it was like a learning experience, and then from there, then we did like um like f- friday all day learning saturday half day learning and then after that we went in like uh, two yards we got jet skis we got that's everything not like vacation drinking.
2: man that's that's work that's how <laughs> I, you're networking that's a full time i know I, mean, I made different some kind connections of work. uh like that, you think that's like vacation life. man i don't agree i don't agree you're being productive just in a different capacity but that's what i'm but saying like Steve, when i
1: think about yeah. vacation i think about where can i go to
2: have other fun. people have different vacation man other the, people want to yeah, do nothing uh for like two know. weeks. I love it. But yeah, I think Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs said it. Um, you know, you look around and all the most the most all these amazing inventions and you come to realize it was just created by people no different than yourself. And I think when you realize Exactly,
1: like, that's the point I that can, I was trying I to make. I can
2: do that too. I can do that too. Um, yeah. And I think when you get these small wins on like, like for example, even as a kid with ADHD, where I started to get really good grades by not going to class, it's just like diverging off the well-worn path and having these small wins, give you more and more confidence. And in retrospect, looking back, I'm like, maybe that's where I get the risk-taking confidence because it's always worked out in the past. And the thing about entrepreneurship is you gotta be able to weather a storm for a significant amount of time where there's little return and an incredible amount of energy. And you need to weather the storm until you get to that inflection point where you start going straight up at this exponential curve. And um, yeah, it's, it's all about these tiny successive wins getting more and more confident and before you know it, yeah, you, know, you just like you look at anything, you're like, hey, I can do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is exactly, exactly how I, I've been living. And one thing that I uh to their point about uh school, what I did, uh I was undiagnosticated like all my life. So I I knew that I was hyperactive, really? they told me, right? I was just hyperactive. I didn't I did not know that I was dyslexic and had ADHD. Like I did not wow. know until until my entrepreneurship. Journey. Literally. You
2: did, you did not know you were dyslexic. So I, wait, that's incredible. And
1: and I have this garfia too. And I did. And I found out that too. So like I have, I wow. couldn't draw. I couldn't. I my handwriting, my my <laughs> my spelling, my everything is like. But what I did was I established myself as a leader on every class project. So I assigned people the things that I didn't want to do. That's how, and that's right. why, right. that's what gave me an advantage to be and, an entrepreneur because it gave right. me that the edge of like I, i've been already taking the position of of somebody that that wants to be the leader just so i can i can assign people other things and that's how i did it like look i have a, like dyslexia and and I am in TR. That's
2: incredible, man. <laughs> you know, so. No, but but let me let me say this. And in fact, that's probably why you're so good at it because you've turned your disabilities into a science. Instead of something that's natural, you've kind of learned how to say like you like you mapped action with response, and you became really good at it. And in, and I don't know, man. That's 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 truly impressive. But you know, I think what's really important of what you just said is I is I, I you know for me having ADHD, I you know I always thought I was just stupid right? I was like, okay, you know, people can do math. I can't. Right, that's just how it is. Um, but I think understanding where your disabilities are, it's not necessarily a grievance case or to label yourself by them. And I certainly don't think anyone should do that. But understanding where your shortcomings are, give you a plan of action to actually work around them and actually perhaps leverage them to your advantage. And I can only imagine that you might, you might have I, I can only I can't speak for you, but I would guess that you know having dyslexia and having these disabilities, you probably just thought you were just stupid or just not good at things. But once you're diagnosed or once you realize you do have this disability, you're like, well, oh, I'm not stupid. I just I'm just dyslexic. Oh, cool. Yeah, I always thought around
1: that I was just different. Like, I was like, look, I know I'm different. Like I knew, like it wasn't like it's just hard to not know when you go to a school <laughs> yes. system that it's not designed to you. So I always was like, I'll find a way to have good grades like i don't mm-hmm. doesn't matter the way i'll find a way because my mom also was very mm-hmm. good at. she she never like sit like or at least that i remember she we didn't even, like study together and she was like no she was like basically you know you get good grades you you can gu- get a new playstation game or blah blah, blah. so i was like I need this, like I need this game, <laughs> I, and every time, look, I started doing things very self-directed because I already knew. So what I did is like I wanted to go to the movies. I mowed the lawn, blah blah blah, and then I just, hey mom, can I get twenty bucks to go to the movies? And then she's like, well, I can't say no. He did all this, right? So I just right. literally, I, I did. This is one thing that my mom, I give her props every time. She kind of created, you know, unintentionally uh, a, a reward system that motivate me to be self-directed all the time because I wanted to right. do things. And I knew that, oh, I want to do something. I just got to do things in the house. Oh, I want to have good grades. I know that when the midterms, right, the, the the grades come, boom, here's all my A's and B's, you know, I want a oh, game, yeah. right? Or, so, or my, sometimes my mom just seems like, hey, like, let's just buy you something because you did good. And I'm like, that stay in my brain. And I just problem solving all the time. I need to have good grades. I need to do that. Same thing I did in the military. In the military, you got to get, Oh. to get excellence that's right you went to the military test. you get again get 90 90 uh, we do it on 100 like at the test right if you get 90 right. plus you in my squadron they gave me a day off if i got 90 plus really? so i was like you bet that i will do everything to just get the 90 i didn't have incentive enough to go to 100 and, and it was so fucking hard so like the 90 was so much imagine you know the ninety was so easy that I was like, you know what, I just gotta go for the ninety. Yeah, I just, the last ten literally... percent
2: is always the hardest. And yeah. That's it. That's it. And I did. In engineering, it. it's called it's called the last mile problem. For example, like internet, it's like super fast till it gets to your block, and then once it gets to your neighborhood, that's where all the latency and the delays come from. Yeah, it's always that last ten percent. But yeah. but yeah, and you went to the you went to the military. That's that's incredible. I actually, just I just noticed. Yeah, I saw a picture of you. How, how was that?
1: Um, definitely. Uh, uh,
0: and how was it my to, place. Shape,
1: to shape your mind? So, one thing that he really helped me from the military to entrepreneurship was to embrace the suck.
0: <laughs>
1: that was the best thing. Learning that this is your situation and you just got to embrace it. I mean, I can't, I can't, you know, I got a contract at four years. And if I don't go to work, I can you go did to the
2: military it. for four years.
1: Yeah. Oh. damn yeah that's how i got to okay I mean, so
2: there that's why because i remember you were just starting and then you know we were talking before the podcast you're like oh i'm actually you know older uh yeah, yeah four years is a four years is a long time
1: wow. yeah i went to syria yeah, kuwait qatar and what? Uh, syria we're in syria, syria. syria Kuwait, in... qatar what was the other one in turkey in turkey so i went i saw when they're doing remodeling stuff for the fifa i was there um, where in syria were you when i was in qatar sorry but in syria i was just in like the undisclosed location right um because okay. i can say so you're probably but,
2: next to more northern um yeah, yeah, yeah. outside of the action right, right? Yeah. i got yeah i, was, the, not, I was, was not i was not shooting
1: i was not shooting yeah, so yeah. I, even i was strapped and everything I think, all the
2: time. Uh, there, I think america is still in syria um yeah it's great and i don't know but Ku- you know on the you were in kuwait <laughs> kuwait is known kuwait is known to have u.s bases. Uh, yeah man, cu- cool yeah stuff. kuwait kuwait is it,
1: it's like um not not like a it was like a big thing like big base big everything when i was in syria it was just bare, like just dirt and there was no no uh just tent city everywhere uh it was it was it was a real deployment experience so for us yeah. actually
2: where have you been in general you go i've been to syria it's like a yeah very exactly that's a
1: story <laughs> As a story is great, but as a, you know, not, that's one of the
2: best experiences that I never it's want to a, have. It's, again. it's a, it's a bad, it's a bad. Oh, I, I mean, I, I follow that part of the world very closely. In fact, like very closely. Um, yeah. That's not, it's not a good side of town to be a man. It's, it's a tough mm, life, yeah. but it also makes you realize like, you know, we have this culture now where we're always like, you know, America is so much generation. better after you go there. You right. go there i you I'm saying. By like, you're like, oh my God, I love America. And then you have people <laughs> beside you complaining that you know this and that, and you're like, people wake up and they're taking body parts off their lawn every morning. Uh, you know, like, and you have like so much in this world, but that's the problem. We're always looking at the negative. It's just, we're designed to do so for whatever reason. And I think when you realize how much worse people have it, you're just so grateful. The fact that you can pursue your own company. Do you understand that you go to like South my, Sudan? Look, it's just I, like the coming from Puerto Rico.
1: English is not even my first language. Like I learned English by going into the military. Like I knew a little bit, but I became bilingual by doing it. I I still struggle with some words, and the reason that I can sound so good and and and, and not yeah, say like is you know, because of the podcast. I don't like look at my first episode. It's it's shit. <laughs> like look it's at because this of the one. podcast. It's really, yeah,
2: I just that's awesome. Yeah, good the for podcast you. Yeah. the
1: podcast has helped me a lot to be a better communicator. It, like it's it's being amazing for me, life changing. Like becoming a content creator uh, in many ways, right? With the podcast, with TikTok, yeah. with LinkedIn, with all these different things that I do now. Like you know, like
2: vertical and and horizontal. It's, it's challenging. It really is. People don't realize it, and it's just like I'm always self conscious about my me being a host. If I'm being like talking too much, if I'm not focused, how do I navigate this? When do I shift the conversation? That stuff takes time.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It and, and it's something that. I feel I feel so much more confident now because I mean I'm I'm like almost I'm like 40 something episodes in right now wow. I have 34 episodes posted uh but I have like 10 you got I'm your whole setup it's super cool so, the, yeah.
2: I, you know if i actually like was staying in one spot i'm like i move around a lot i would I, i've been like, moving a little cool. bit right because i do standing too because i yeah, keep the energy come we're we'll going to we'll go on a go on a cruise and we'll work the whole time so these cruises you book them you book them a year in advance you know how much they cost they cost nothing they cost a few hundred bucks like 200 bucks 300 bucks well i i pay more because i do it last minute but i uh, people <laughs> on the cruise for two weeks two weeks they paid 400 that's less than you pay for rent. And it has everything. You you get put to go to restaurants every night. Everything is taken care of. Everything. Man, let's talk about and, well, after this podcast. We're gonna carnival. About going to yeah, talk on a yeah. I just came <laughs> out. That's, why I'm in, that's why I'm in Texas. Because they kick me out. They're like, hey, we're in Texas. We're done. And I'm like, okay. And I have nowhere to go. I just say, hey, I'm just going to live here for a little bit. But uh, uh,
1: yeah. That's so crazy. Man, this has been such a... Such a nice uh, conversation. I mean, you drop so much value. I mean, this is thank one of you those very podcasts much. that I
2: think. I think we just have similar mindsets. So I think maybe that I think that also appealed to you because I yeah. think we're both we're, we're both we both have the hustle mindset. You yeah. Know? Thank, thank I- you.
1: You know, one uh I hope that you take this as a compliment. You kind of give me like Elon Musk vibes type stuff, right? Like you want to work all the time, you have like their learning disabilities, but then making the most out of it. And maybe you know, I'm crazy,
2: go on Twitter, just go on Twitter. Right. right, on Twitter, <laughs> right. No, yeah, like, if that's a good compliment. Guy. I mean, you obviously yeah, I'm thank not, you, thank you. Yeah, he's, yeah. I appreciate uh, that.
1: Big person. So I aspire. You
2: know, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, he's the kind of guy who's just he's got he's got the the, the, the most radical dreams i mean we don't you know we don't think he's crazy for wanting to bring people to mars anymore because he's proven he's capable of doing it but i think on his onset he's almost like a crazy person like you really think like you're like you're almost a narcissist that you think you can bring people to different planets um yeah i mean he's got that's that's what he is he's got these crazy crazy ideas yeah Uh, and and Uh, everything he does small now is just complimenting like batteries cars the brain work solar work uh it's it's just incredible yeah
1: Yeah. that's why i mean it's, uh, he's just Twitter. like, controls the narrative
2: is... now. Who knows where that's going to go? Yeah, it's crazy like it. out there. It's, it's crazy. I don't even know where this yeah. shit is going, but I, I, I think, I think, think the crazy. one thing he did, which is incredible is that he made the YouTube comments, the second, the most entertaining place, <laughs> you know, like whenever I see these crazy videos, I go to the YouTube comments and I have like the time of my life. Now it's Twitter comments. I go to th- I go to his feed. I read the comments, and I was like, "This is amazing." This is it's, it's
1: crazy. It's crazy. But I mean, we live in a crazy world. But crazy why, world. Yeah. yeah. I. But I. You know, like that's why it's entrepreneurship fun. and like right now, you know, we're going through recession and stuff, and and really like, I don't feel threatened at all or anything because it's, it's like it's an opportunity. It's time to there's... buy the
2: garbage. it's time to buy garbage and sell gold
1: yeah and if there is um if there's people that will survive a recession it's gonna be always the people that are like entrepreneurs (laughs) that they just (laughs) figure it out like i know that right now it's not about the specifics
2: it's about the mechanics the mindset
1: even in the tough times people that show up in the tough times are the ones that when the good times come, then like you're gonna be huge because people right. remember the people that show up in right. the tough times. So that's right. why I'm it's, doing
2: exactly. It's why it's why it's important to even when you have a startup. It's not. It's important not to get funded too quickly. You want to learn how to optimize and do a lot with very little. So when you get the money, you can be extremely efficient. I know. Um, yeah, and doing learning how to learning how to derive value or achieve productivity in a very inefficient atmosphere. Will give you incredible potential when you're actually in an efficient atmosphere. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's a mindset where people, you know, like, for example, I would say this just broadly, and I know we'll end off on this, but, you know, trading can be really complicated. You can do Fibonacci sequences, you can do all these technical analysis, but to keep the psychology as mundane as possible, to put the secret to day trading successfully or trading in general in just one sentence is do the exact opposite of common sense or the exact opposite of human psychology where when everyone, when you see the news and you see the media and you see the Google searches that Bitcoin is up, it's already too late. When everyone's saying is Bitcoin sucks, it's time to sell, it's garbage, it's trash, it's never going to make it. And you and you believe in the underlying technology to keep, not to get specific with Bitcoin. Yes, we want to buy. When everyone's selling, you want to buy. When everyone is buying, that's when you want to sell. And I, exactly. And looking at, and the winners see beauty in the most negative places. They're constantly optimistic. You see a recession. You're like, exactly what you just said. You see a recession. You're like, no, this is an opportunity for me to grow in a very unique way, a way that I can not grow otherwise. And hundred, I could not agree with you more. You can't control your environment, but you can control how you respond to it. And, yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and that's why, like, it's not just about me, right? Like, my clients, too. Uh, and, and, for example, one of my clients, David A. Perez, uh, he he his thing is to build your own economy. That's he said. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world, you can always build your own economy, and if you build your own economy, you will yeah. always be in control. So yeah. that that is something that uh, it really resonates with me, and that's why you know I I really I really, you know like like the, him as as a client because that's my purpose is to amplify. Uh, the the impact of people that are doing good in the world, and when I see people pushing that agenda, I just that's like perfect because it's just what we doing right you know, You are in right. the same boat too, and that's why I love you know that the connection with you. And you're know, you're building this you. uh, same digital really assets true. because I think that we can truly amplify the impact of people and 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 help you know how you want to do the, the breaking nine to five right, and, and how I want to be able to the people that are doing good. Amplifying uh them them into into the national uh stage so that way they look instead of just n- just helping this few thousand they help millions so right. that is because I know I believe that what they're doing and, and that's exactly then I learn from them and then I go and then do it for others right like I'm learning from them so now I can do in five years what they did in ten years right but then I can go stand on the shoulders
2: then, yeah. we stand on the shoulders of giants exactly that's what we do perfect we yeah, just a little farther into the horizon
1: yeah man hey just this this was you know we gotta i know that this has been super good but we gotta we gotta like let the audience you know just just have it and maybe listen to it again um so thank you for for taking the time thank to come out. here i mean this this was a pleasant conversation i definitely enjoyed it and uh, i look forward to having more conversation with you yeah uh and uh you know look forward and i'm to gonna it, keep tabs so cool because uh,
2: yeah, it's 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 uh, your journey is truly beautiful, and thank you for spending time with me and giving me your time and having me on your podcast.
1: Thank you, thank you for that. I really, really appreciate that. And so, this was uh, Mikey and Fu, and this is us signing
0: off. Thanks for listening to Moments with Fu with your host Fu. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.